Beautiful. Glad you're back. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We are living out God's love, and we are transforming community by the Holy Spirit. Got a couple announcements. Make sure you look in these orders of worship. There's just all kinds of stuff coming up. If you got any students, youth, um, we got we got a group wanting to go to the wanting to go to summer camp. Make sure they sign up. Um, this one grade of hour of sharing. This goes towards Presbyterian Disaster Assistance. They're an amazing organization. I have some really rad stories. Um, just working with them. Is the time team still going on? Because I feel like we lost another hour. I'm exhausted. Anybody with me? Um, that's weird, right? Maybe it's the grace guys and stuff. But I'm really glad you're here. And the team is really glad to hear. I'm really glad to see Sharon sitting over here. Round of applause, please. <laughs> Praise God. Um, tomorrow's Mr. Rogers Day. That's why I'm wearing this thing. Uh, next week, I'm going on vacation this Thursday through the following Saturday. So I'll be back on uh, Palm Sunday, which is also um, that hobbies Sunday afterwards. So make sure you get in and talk to Nora. If you've got any hobbies that you want to share with the church, we'll have our first of the month meal around tables sharing hobbies. You know, I'm excited about that. But next week, Reverend Dr. John Huffman is preaching. I used to work with him as an intern, well, six years as a youth in college, and then, um, then I was his missions and outreach director and his I think that's it. Uh, but I worked underneath Huffman for nine years, I think. Um, so he's given me the... Well, he's going to bless. If you've never heard him preach, make sure you're here next Sunday. I know a couple people that are like, kind of hurting my feelings. <laughs> saying, really? I'll come back for that. Anyway, but I, I'm, that doesn't hurt my feelings. I'm really excited that he said yes. And uh, make sure you give him all the love and respect like you guys usually do. Uh, let's stand up and greet one another. But since there's so many bugs flying around, just give the fist bump. Share your name. Please remain standing and I'll lead us in our call to worship. Let's quiet our hearts and still our spirits. And I'm going to be reading Psalm 95 through the, uh, from the past, uh, Passion Translation. Come on, everyone, let's sing for joy to the Lord. Let's shout our loudest praises to our God who saved us. Everyone, man, woman, and child, everyone come meet his face with a thankful heart. Don't hold back your praises. Make him great by your shouts of joy. Can I get a shout of joy? Ready? One, two, three. That's way more impressive than I thought it would be, right? But the time change, awesome. You guys are doing better than me. For the Lord is the greatest of all, King God over all other gods. In one hand he holds the mysteries of the earth, and in the other he holds the highest mountain peaks. He's the owner of every ocean, the engineer and sculptor of earth itself. Come and kneel before this creator God. Come and bow before the mighty God, our majestic maker. Let's worship our majestic maker. Thank you. 
Dusty and Mark aren't with us today, so we're missing our rhythm section. So you got to really lift those voices, because we can really hear them.
Savior, Spirit, lead me where my trust. 
Students, you are released to go and have a great morning. The proof of God's amazing love is this simple, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because we have faith in him, let us dare to approach God in confidence. Together, will you please go with me and confess our sins against God and neighbor together? Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. And Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. Hear the good news. The good news that in Christ Jesus, you and you and you and you and me, we are forgiven. Amen and amen.
Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Ah, hmm. I've already said I'm glad you're here. Yes. Good. I'm glad to say it again. We are in the fourth week of Lent. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, good. Um, we're studying John still. Just remember, reminder, John's one of Jesus' two best friends, um, Peter and John. The synoptics are written, and then a little pause, and then John writes last, and so he's this older, wiser, best friend of Jesus, and he captures a totally different side of our Messiah. And remember, Lent is a time to remember how frail we are. Remember that we are from dust, and to dust we shall return. It's also... um, It's the 250th anniversary of the song Amazing Grace. And, and this text is so appropriate, right? I was once blind, but now I see. Um, I think that's enough in background. Everybody up to speed? Yeah? How's everybody feeling? Okay, good. <laughs> Okay, we're going to read some scripture, and uh, I'm going to start in verse 1 and end in verse 41, so hang on to your hats and glasses. As he walked along, this is Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? That he was born blind. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's work might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud 
on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, Nah, no, but it's someone like him. He kept saying, Hey, I'm the man. I am that man. But they kept asking him, Then how were your eyes opened? He answered. He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and I washed. And I received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought to to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been born blind. Now it was Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed And now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For the Jews had already agreed that anyone who who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said, He is of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been born blind, And they said to him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, 
but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins. And are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that that they had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now you say we see, your sin remains. This is the word of the Lord. Hmm. Interesting, right from the outset. Last week I, I preached on the woman at the well. We don't know her name. This week, we preach at the man born blind that now sees, and we don't know his name. I said last week, I think that's because he's all of us, or she's all of us last week. But this week I'm saying, I think that's because he's all of us. Um, John is a masterful capture of events. Jesus is walking. And he notices this blind man. Jesus Jesus notices hurting people. He notices everybody, but he especially notices hurting people. It's very similar to last week, right? I think that's the singularity of the gospel, the simplicity of it. First application is to be like Jesus and notice the hurting people. Right? Right? Okay, good. I'm making sure you guys are still with me. Um, I'm reading this um, Being Transfigured. It's a Lenten. My buddy out in uh, Wisconsin recommended it. And his recommendations are hit or miss, but this one's a huge hit. And uh, I quoted from it on Ash Wednesday, and I, I've just fell in love with this little book. It's by Chris Green. If anybody wants something special to read, it's, it's on the lectionary B, so it's really going to be useful a couple years from now, because I think we're on C. Does anybody know? Sharon knows. We're lectionary C. Anybody know what the lectionary is? Yes. Okay, good. You're tired of hearing that? If you don't, Google it. Okay. Um, but the, the opening chapter of this book, he tells the story, this Chris Green guy. 
and he's out to dinner with his wife, and he overhearing a, a conversation between these two women at another table. And it was more of a listening experience for one of them. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're at this, they're at this lunch table or dinner table, and one of them's doing all the speaking, and one of them is not saying a word. And as they're walking out, um, or as they're driving home, he's in a discussion with his wife, and he says, you know, that's so interesting, because that's, that's so much the world, you know? Um, everyone's saying all these things, and all these people hurting are going unnoticed. And his wife says, I think it's the reverse. I think the woman who was talking the most was hurting the most. And I agree with his wife. And in this Lenten journey, I'm calling us as Presbyterian Church of the Covenant to shut our mouths more. Shut our mouths more and get our eyes off of our own deals and look around us. Notice the hurting people. This is the Son of God. He's got all the keys. He should be speaking at all times, right? He should be like a radio station. He, should be, he isn't, though. And that's for us. We're walking around and we're talking all the time. We're not noticing anything. I think this text calls us as followers of this Messiah to open our eyes and close our mouths. Look around at the pain that is on the faces and in the eyes of the people that we're mingling with, that we're checking out of the supermarket counter in front of or around us. Disciples ask, who sinned? Or all these people ask, who who sinned? What is Jesus' answer? You're asking the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question. Side note, sin has consequences, and you shouldn't deny that. There's going to be alcoholism in in family bloodlines. There's going to be struggling with certain sins, Passing down sins to generation to generation. The good news of the grace of the gospel is we can break all that. The Holy Spirit can break all that. But notice there are consequences to sin. But that's a side topic. Jesus does it. He says, you're asking the wrong question. Who's right in front of you? Jesus is saying this. The important question is that is more of a statement. You're traveling with the Son of God, people. And while he's around, you should be at work. This is the mission of the church, right? Do the healing in the daylight. This is the second application. I'm going to throw applications right in the mix. I usually do applications at the end, but I'll just throw them right in the mix. 
be a presence of healing as you were in the presence of the wounded healer. Do you follow that? We are Jesus' people. We are to be a healing balm. We were talking about this on Lenten Quiet Nights just this past Wednesday. Healing happens at the foot of the cross. Healing happens amongst the people that are to your right and to your left. Healing happens. Amen? He's also kind of saying, keep your eyes peeled, watch this. (laughs) Because what happens next? He spits in the dirt. My wife and I had the privilege and the honor of going to this place in the Holy Land where this actually happened. Don't skip over the amazingness of this story. Right? Who in here wears glasses? Who in here had LASIK? I had LASIK, me and you, right there. I tell the story. I was in San Antonio. Have you, do you know how you, they do it? I won't, I won't gross everybody out, but it's a crazy, pretty crazy experience. But I'll shorten it to you walk into this room. They put you on a table. They do some stuff on your eye, which is, that's the crazy part. If you ever want to be kind of freaked out, let me tell you that story. And they do them one at a time. But you're laying down for like five seconds. And then you, you look, and you can read the clock across the room for the first time, in the longest time. As I was leaving, I was, do you remember, Malia? I was like, let's go back in and steal that machine. <laughs> and let's go down to the third world country or something and just hand out sight, right? This is an amazing story. This man walks and is noticed by the Son of God, Jesus. People are kind of on the wrong track, and he says, just watch this. Spits, puts some mud on his eyes, and he says, go wash in Salome, in the pool of Salome, which translates means sending, which actually translates into mission. Another word for sending is mission. Jesus spits, puts some mud on his hands, put it in the eyes. He says, go wash in the mission pool. Just a nod to, you've heard me preach about the Missio Dei, right? Nothing's better than a Latin phrase, right? Missio Dei. Everybody say it. One, two, three. We serve and worship a Missio Dei, a missional God, ascending God. We're not just saved from, we're saved to. Do you remember that, that scene in Les Mis where the priest says, I'm buying you back from evil. You are no longer an instrument of the devil. You are an agent of good. Jean Valjean. And in the novel, if you read that novel, those are the best chapters of that novel. 
right after that. It's the terribleness and the awfulness of nothing is mine anymore. I die. I hand myself over that moment. It's painful. It's beautiful. But it's mission. That moment, he spits and says, you are no longer known as the blind man. You are now the seeing man. And you are the seeing man in my name. And then Jesus disappears for a second. And we get the serious, right? We get the religious folk. (laughs) Right? Right? That's what we get. We get these serious folk. And they grill this guy twice. Isn't it infuriating? Isn't it hurtful to read that text? Are you a Pharisee? That's what most of the commentaries circle around in this text. Are you a Pharisee? Are you so hung up on the details and so up hung up on the power that you've lost sight that you're blind? That's convicting. Is that convicting for anyone else but me? Chuck Smith, they just made a movie about him. What, do you remember all these hippies start coming to his church? What are the, what's the elders' response? It's the same as this church. It's the same as every church I've been in America, and I hate it. They're making the carpet muddy. Oh, doesn't that infuriate you? That means litmus test number one on one. You are a Pharisee. You've lost sight of the goal. You've You've been brought off mission. We start worrying about this building. We start worrying about this carpet. We start worrying about the details. Oh, it's not happening at the right time, at the right way. I question it. I don't know if we should do that. What? Well, yeah, but... Malia's like saying with her face, please don't scream at them. (laughs) But I'm screaming at myself too, Right? It's just a natural, once you get the grace, our sinful natures just let go of the grace and we think, man, I'm here because I did something good. I did something right and I put myself in the right place. And you start taking credit for things that aren't your power, like it has nothing to do with you. Oh, the end of the Chuck Smith story. (laughs) What does Chuck Smith say? Then pull up the carpets. Get rid of the carpets. If you've got a problem with the guys making the, that are coming to Jesus making a carpet muddy, get rid of the carpets because the people coming to Jesus trumps everything. It trumps everything, right? And this blind guy, his parents are hilarious, right? Is this your son? I don't know him. I, that's what I would have said. I don't, <laughs> no, they didn't. They said, yeah, obviously that's my kid, right? And they, the Pharisees were like, well, how did it happen? How did it happen? And he's like, they're like, I wasn't there. All I know is my son 
when he was born, he couldn't see. And he's been hurting his whole life. And he's been poor and he's been destitute and he's been overlooked. Nobody's noticed him. But the son of God came to this planet, was walking around and he noticed him. And now my son sees. My son sees. And they bring the guy back. Seriously, what happened? And then he's, he, he starts to get some courage. He says, why? Do you want to know where he is so you can worship him too? <laughs> right? He's, he's like goading these Pharisees. He's like, no, seriously, I was blind. Now I see. You're not getting it. It doesn't matter what day of the week it happened on. It, didn't, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen in the synagogue. It happened outside. It doesn't matter anything. My brokenness trumped everything, and now I'm healed. Then keeps cruising. Be a healing presence. Ask yourself every once in a while, am I becoming a Pharisee? Have I lost sight of the forest because of the trees? Have I lost sight of the grace because of the religion? Because of the habit? Because of just going with the flow of the church? Then he's thrown out. Right? Oh, notice that blind man says he teaches a little theology. He says, I don't think you know your Bibles, <laughs> Pharisee people. This isn't the work of an evil man. And then he does a history lesson. And he says, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I'm the first. I'm the first on the face of the earth to have God's one and only son walk up to me and turn me from a blind man to a man who sees. Remember, last week was the first. The woman, the nameless woman at the well, Jesus reveals for the first time, I am. Now Jesus is revealing he's the wounded healer. By his stripes we are healed. That's woven all the way through this. Anyway, they're thrown out. He's thrown out. And then in verse 1, he notices them. What happens in verse 35? He finds him. Jesus found him. He notices him. He is thrown out of the synagogue, probably worried about salvation maybe or something. I don't know, but I'm sure he's stoked because he can see now. Jesus searches him out and finds him. And he teaches the theology. He teaches, man. He just gets down to it. Look at this. Do you know who's the son of man? No, he's asking the person. I like that everybody said Jesus. A plus. A plus, Brian. You get a free Mazda Miata. Does anybody got one? And the guy says, let me know who he is. Oh, just a little side note. 
the Son of Man in the Gospel of John. Well, first of all, in the Old Testament, that title really focuses on the eschatological bringer of salvation, which means the Son of Man is pointed to throughout all the Old Testament at the end of days to be King of kings, Lord of lords. And in John, he's to draw all men and women to himself. For John, it's that humanity side. He's the second Adam. And then, do you remember in middle school or elementary school when you would play the game Hot Cold? Does anybody remember that? There would be something hidden. You'd walk around. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Jesus plays hot cold with this man. You're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Oh, I'm him. (laughs) Right? What a cool scene. He plays hot cold with the dude, and then he teaches. Well, actually, before he teaches... This is the only moment in the Gospel of John where Jesus the Messiah is worshipped. This dude, made blind, uh, from blindness to seeing, sought out, found, gets on his knees and says, You're God, you're it. You're the real deal. You're the way out of this place. What's the application there? Starts with a W, ends with a worship him. (laughs) Worship him. Worship him every sunset. Worship him every sunrise. Worship him every time you see anything that points to how magnificent he is. Which if you open your eyes and you close your mouth, you'll start to see all the time. You'll see all these moments. All these inbreakings of God's beauty. Oh, and then what's he teach him after he's been worshipped? This key principle. Those who already know they don't see are perfect patients for Dr. Jesus. Your greatest attribute when it comes to God is your ability to notice your need for him. Period. Just as a reminder, notice the hurting, be a presence of healing, find the hurting, and allow Jesus to keep opening your eyes that he might continue to transform you. Grace of our loving Lord.
that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mound outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Praise, praise God.
Please pray with me over this offering. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we bless you because you are you. We also bless you because you keep blessing us, even when we don't see it, even when we don't recognize it. I pray that you would continue to open your eyes to to see where you're at work, that we might join you. And we pray that we pray as a family, as the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, we pray that you would bless these offerings, these tithes, and may all glory, honor, and praise be to you. And all God's people said, please stand with me to sing the doxology. grace how sweet the sound God had sent his son as the light of the world and made him one of us because we have that relationship we know we can come with all of our hopes and concerns and lay them before our loving God in his love for us he will hear us and he will listen Join me in prayer. Almighty God, bless your church today as it continues to struggle to make ancient truths relevant to new times and new problems. In all things, may we be aware of your amazing grace. May our church be an example of love at work with reverence for both you and the people you have created in your image. Make us discontent when we offer less than our full selves to you. Teach us that everything in our life is an offering to you. Our skills, our intelligence, our capacity for love and compassion, our whole being. Teach us that everyday activities can be holy. Fill us this day with gratitude for the many blessings with which we are surrounded. Make us also grateful for your greatest gift, your presence with us in times of both happiness and sorrow. We pray for your holy church and all its branches and for every member in congregations large and small, may joy and gladness be found as in thanksgiving voices are raised in prayer and song. Increase the numbers of those who hear your call to come to worship. Send us as evangelists to bring them in. In Jesus Christ, you have ordered us to live as loving neighbors. We pray that we may be like Mr. Rogers, inviting others to be our neighbors 
and extending your love to all. Though we are scattered in different places, speak different languages, or descend from different races, give us common concern so that we may be one people who share the governing of the world and concern for all people of the world. We pray that you work with those who work for peace. May your will rule. Compassionate God, read the names written on our hearts, the members of family and friends for whom we are especially concerned. Hear our prayers for them and do for them as you know best. We know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. We ask for your continued healing of our diseases, mending of broken bones, recovery of those who have had surgery, and the cure or control of disease. Heal those who are ill and place a barrier of protection upon the well. We lift up to you today Patty, Dorothy, Buzz, Roberta, Phil, Donna, Gwen, and others that we name in our hearts. We give thanks for the many who reach out in love to those in need and who bring help and hope to your people. Bless the work of their hands, for none of us can bear our burdens alone. Keep us as a family of worship and service in the name of the one who calls us to follow him, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who bids us to join in the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now if you would stand for our final hymn, and it could not be anything else today but Amazing Grace.
such amazing grace, right? That's so good. Uh, I got a confession. I, Lent started Ash Wednesday, and I challenged everybody, hey, let's get into Lent. And then I got a cold, and when you got a cold, it's so hard to think. So I kind of feel like I'm just now getting into Lent. Uh, but is there anybody in this room with me? It's never too late, right? Show up on Wednesday, we do this Lenten quiet nights. We just sit in our humanity. And we enjoy a bowl of soup together. And we talk about how messed up it is being a human. And I love it. And then there's also the Bible study right after going through like being a Jesus follower in a secular world. What's the name of that book? Jesus, and that was pretty close. For Jason, that's like almost a verbatim quote, right? All right. I'm glad everybody is here this morning. And make sure you don't miss. I'm going on vacation on Thursday. Sharon will hold down the fort. And then uh, Reverend Dr. John Huffman will be here next week. Uh, I seriously don't miss it. That dude's legit. But now, receive this morning's uh, benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Thank you.